0: Go ahead and grab your Bibles or devices and turn to Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. We're going to be in Matthew, which is in the the New Testament and is the first book in the New Testament, and we're going to be in the very last chapter of Matthew. So Matthew 28, uh, starting in verse 16. And as you're turning there, I just want to just remind us and just encourage us that we started back in November of 2019, our Jesus series. And, uh, and we've been in the Jesus series looking at the gospel messages um, each and every week and studying them there and digging into all the different occurrences and messages and encouragements um, from Jesus uh, that he taught throughout the gospels. And so it is hard to believe that we've been going through the series since twenty nineteen of November it's just amazing that we 've been there that long and this week and next week will be our final two Sundays uh, in this jesus series and so this this message today is kind of the the first part, and then next week will be the second part of our conclusion of this Jesus series. But I hope that you've been encouraged as much as I have um, and that we've heard from other church members uh, from this message and from this series. And, uh, and so we're excited to see what God continues to do as we continue to dig into his word. But go ahead and again, get your Bibles, open them up to me in Matthew chapter 28. We're going to be in verse 16 or starting in verse 16. So please read with me. You see, it's in this moment where Jesus has, has been crucified on the cross. He's risen from the grave and he has spent 40 days here on earth. And the disciples have been asked to gather together on top of this mountain in Galilee. And it says disciples here, but more than likely it was not just the 11. More likely it was more, many more of his followers that were there with him. And what was their first response that when they saw Jesus that we see in verse 17? It says this, When they saw him, they worshiped him. See, our natural response to being in the presence of Jesus should be to worship. See, when we sit in the reminder of knowing all that he has done for us, we should worship him and show our thankfulness and our gratitude towards him. See, Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, So that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." See, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, having defeated death and paved the path to reunite us with a holy God through His death and resurrection from the cross. And after being on earth for 40 days, revealing himself to his disciples, proving everything that he had taught them, everything that he said that was coming to pass would be true. Read what the last part of verse 17 says. But some doubted. Now let's pause and grasp this statement for a second. Some doubted. See, These are the people who spent three years, 24-7 with Jesus, hearing His teachings, watching Him help the the lame walk, the blind see, the mute speak for the very first time. And it says that they had doubts when they saw Jesus on that mountain. But isn't it one of the most transparent and honest and humbling statements in Scripture? See, let's be honest with ourselves for a moment. We all have doubts sometimes in our faith. You see, and let me just encourage you just for a moment. See, I've been a follower of Jesus for over 33 years. I have a bachelor's in Christian studies, and I'm about to complete my master's of theological studies. I've been a vocational or in the career of ministry for nearly 12 years now. And there is times that I, as one of your pastors, struggles and has doubts in his faith. See, there is times when I'm all alone, no one else around me. And I'm in my thoughts and I question, God, is, is this all real? Is, do you truly exist? Now, that's my emotions. That's my, my, my head thinking. Knowing in my heart, I know it's true. But here's the reality is, God is big enough to handle our doubts. He's big enough to, to know that we will struggle at times. And so, and the good news is that we're in good company. You see, the Apostle Paul or the Apostle Thomas, who was with Jesus, again, with him 24-7, lived with him, had doubts. He said, until I touch his hands and I put my finger in, fingers in his wound, I do not know if Jesus has ri- been risen from the grave. See, he had his doubts, yet he served as a foundational member of establishing the church that we get to be part of today. You see... Jesus actually commended a, a father whose, whose child was demon-possessed. And Jesus said this about him. And this is in Mark 9, verses 23 and 24. And Jesus said to him, all things are possible for one who believes. And listen to this. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. See, this should be our heart cry when we struggle with our doubts. This is what we should say to the Lord. God, I believe you. I trust you. I know you're real. I know you are working, but help me in my unbelief. Help me in my doubts. See, I truly believe that Jesus, being who he is, Knew the doubts and struggles of the people there and knew that we would have struggles and doubts in our faith as well. And so, the, listen to what he says in the next verse of our passage that he speaks into this for us. Verse 18 And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is speaking to all of us here. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus and moments of our doubts, we can know that Jesus has all authority. See, often our doubts aren't rooted in our disbelief of Jesus, but it's in our fears and our own inadequacies of our own selves. See, it's the fears that we may not feel lovable. We may not feel good enough. We feel like we may not be doing enough in our relationship with Jesus. But when Jesus says, I am here, You don't have to doubt me. I have conquered life, death, and resurrection. See, I am here and all authority has been given to me. And later on, he promises that, and behold, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. You see, when we have our doubts and when we struggle and we doubt in ourselves, it comes from a fear of rejection or maybe not having a confidence in our own faith or even able to talk about or share our faith with others. But let me encourage you and be rest assured that Jesus is greater than all of our doubts. See, all authority has been on heaven and earth has been given to Him. Not just some, not just a little bit, but all authority has been given to Him. See, Jesus is saying there is nothing that I cannot do or commend. And and, and have we forgotten? I wonder as the disciples were there struggling and doubting when they're seeing Jesus, had they forgotten, have we as a church family forgotten that we serve a great and awesome God, that he is the creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lord God Almighty. And Jesus is saying that all authority has been given to him. So why what he says next, we better listen. What he says next, we better hold on to because what Jesus is saying in here, I am calling you to do something. I am calling you to serve in a way and I have no other plans. This is the plan. There is no plan B. There is no other option to expand and further and advance his kingdom here on earth. You see, we as individuals and as the church have been given the great opportunity to do what our passage says next. You see, our passage is referred to as the Great Commission, but I want us to be reminded this is a great opportunity that God has given us. So read with me again. And starting in verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. See, right there in the beginning of verse 19, it says, go therefore. Now, in our passage here, this word go is not the actual verb. It is not saying that you're to go somewhere. No, no, no. It is better translated as, as you are going. You see, as you are going in as, about your life. You see, yes, there is times that we will intentionally go to proclaim his love to, our, within our city or within our state or other places in our country or even out of the country. And we'll talk more about that next week. But in our passage today, what Jesus is saying, as you are going about your life, where you live, work and play, you are called to make disciples. You see, and there's, there's, there's three things that he actually calls us to. This is where the action verbs come in place. So As we are going, as we are going about our lives, where we live, work, and play, we are to make disciples, baptize them, and to be teaching them. So as we go about our lives, we are to be making disciples of all nations. See, we are to be sharing the life-changing hope found only in Jesus to every generation and to every nation See, we are surrounded by people who desperately need to hear the love of Jesus, and God has uniquely placed you in your neighborhood, in your community, and in your workplace for you to be able to share His love with them. See, the discipleship begins with evangelism; they, they they coexist together. You can't have one without the other. And so to be able to go and make a disciple, a student is what disciple means. It means you have to go and share his love with them. See, so you go and you share the gospel with them, walking them through that, that we are all sinners in need of a savior and that our sin is what is leading us to death. See, it's eternal torment, eternal separation away from a holy and loving God. But out of his love for us, While we were still sinners, still enemies of God, God sent His Son to take the penalty and consequences of our sin onto Himself, offering salvation to whoever believes. And if that's you today, if if that's something that you needed to hear and you want to know more about, um, I would love to be able to connect with you. So the easiest way to get a hold of us is by texting CHANGING to nine four zero zero zero. Go ahead and text CHANGING to nine four zero zero zero, or go to our website and fill out the contact form and get a hold of us. And one of our pastors will get in touch with you um, later on today uh, because we want to answer any questions you may have. And we don't want you to hold back. We don't want anything to, to keep you from going and, and, and experiencing the love and the life-changing hope of Jesus. So please don't wait. Please don't hesitate in any way contact us. We would love to be able to speak to you about having a relationship with Jesus. You see, but that is what we are supposed to share as believers with the people where we live, work, and play. That is how we go about making disciples. We go and we tell them about Jesus. We go and we engage in those conversations. Again, God has uniquely placed you where you live, work, and play for this great opportunity to take place. But what's the next thing that the, script, the passage tells us? See, next we are to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, baptism is a joyful celebration to publicly share the decision to follow Jesus. You see, when we baptize here at the church, we bring them before the congregation, during the worship service, maybe before, or after, or in between, but as here in the church. And as we place the person in the water, we ask them, "Do you believe in Jesus?" And they respond, "Yes." And then we say, "It is our privilege to baptize you, my brother, or my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." And that's when we say, "Buried in the likeness of His death." And that's when they go and are fully emerged under water. It is a sign, a symbol of dying to themselves, dying to their old, past, sinful life. And then we say raised to walk in the newness of life. See, they are no longer the old person. This is symbolizing for everybody here that they are a follower of Jesus. They are no longer bound and a slave to their former sins in life, but they are set free through Jesus and his love and righteousness. And this is a joyful celebration that we experience at the church. But what this also does is this is welcoming in the person into our church family. This is saying that you are a part of our community. You're a part of our family here. You're, you're not a separated. You're not alone and able to go through life. God doesn't want us to go through life alone. No, He wants us to go through life together. And this shouldn't be limited to our campus or our buildings. You see, we should look for opportunities to gather together, to fellowship with one another in our homes, um, maybe out for coffee or, or a meal, doing life together with the new to the old believers and everybody in between. See, God wants us to fellowship and celebrate and encourage each other and point people, each other back to Jesus. See, the third thing that we are going to be doing that God has called us to do, as we are going about our lives, we are called to teach them, to observe all that I have commanded you. See, Jesus has given us the great opportunities to invest in others. And see, as followers of Jesus, we get to pour ourselves into other people's lives. Take the knowledge, the lessons, the, everything that God has taught us from His Word and share that with other people. See, He doesn't want us to sit here every Sunday and to learn from the sermon or through our Bible studies and not share that for anybody else. No, He wants us to consume the knowledge, to share the knowledge, With others. We want to help people grow in their relationship with Jesus. We want people who spend time with you that they walk away closer to Jesus rather than if they hadn't. See, we are called to invest in people. 59 times in the Bible, or in the New Testament, the phrase of one another is used. You see, 59 times scripture is telling us that we are to relate to others, to interact with others, to have relationships with others, to communicate, to engage, to love, to care for, to help others and one another. See, God has called each of us to invest his word into others. See, God has given us the great opportunity that as we go about our lives to proclaim the love of of Jesus with every man, woman, and child. To welcome them into the fellowship of, of, with believers and to then to invest in them by pointing them back to Jesus through His Word. And Jesus saves the best for last in our passage. Read with me at the very end of verse 20. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. See, Jesus had already promised His disciples and us through His Word that He would be with us always, that He would never leave us or forsake us. See, Jesus is with you till the end of time. See, we have the great opportunity, and I'm intentionally using that word because I believe there is no time like the moment There's no greater time than right now that we have to be able to share the life-changing hope of Jesus with those in our community. And so I pray that you are encouraged. I pray that you don't shy back and hold back and give excuses from sharing your life with others. God has called you. He has put you where you are, uniquely placed you in your neighborhood, your community and workplace to share his love with them so as many people will come to know His name and have a loving relationship with Jesus, let's not miss out on this great opportunity that God has given us. Will you pray with me? Father, we just thank you. Uh, Father, I, I am I'm excited. I, I can't wait to hear the stories of what you are going to do through our, our church family, and through the people watching uh, this sermon. Father, I'm excited to see about the opportunities that people are gonna to have to be able to go share your love with them. Father, I pray that you would create so many opportunities that we can't, we cannot but help talk about Jesus with others. God, I pray that you would encourage us, you equip us, Father, convict our hearts to, to be able to want to see people the way that you see them. Help us to love people in a way that is beyond our own capacity. Help us have the boldness to share your love with others. God, we love you, and we thank you, and we ask this in the holy and precious name of Jesus. Amen.